Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. The gentleman joining me today is the sweet Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. And that gentleman over there is the nimble Will Curran of Endless Events. I like it. I'm feeling a little nimble right now, yeah. We'll be nimble. We'll be quick. <laughs> we'll be we'll jumping jump off the, the candlestick. Thick. Yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. I like it. I like it. Well, we're going to be real nimble with this week's episode. We're going to be doing a uh, a look back on uh, on 2020 and kind of if everything could go back in time and change and fix the technology things that we talked about all through 2020 and to 2021 if we could go back in time and fix things what would it look like from a technology standpoint yeah i mean there's there's obvious stuff of just like you know obviously we don't we want we would want fewer people to be you know to die and stuff like that but we're talking about if everything else was the same yep what yep. would we do differently from an event technology standpoint or something along those lines? We, we've done these thought experiment things uh, a few times mm-hmm. in the past. And so it was, we figured it was time for another one of our Brant and Will go on a thought experiment. Thought experiment. <laughs> yeah, because we did what we did uh, time travel and yep. teleport. Did we do teleportation or did we do that? Have we not done that one? Maybe that's the next episode we have to do it for. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did. We did time travel. Yeah, we did time that, travel. That was like, fun. That was what, fun. What if? What if we had time travel? How would it impact the events industry? So now, what if we could go back in time and do and with all the knowledge that we have now? What would we do differently as uh, as a, as event professionals going back to when we started to lock things down in 2020? Well, I think one interesting thing. I mean, to to parallel into like the past episodes we've been talking about, I think recently is that first thing I would change is I wish there wouldn't be as many technology choices for planners to choose from. Cause I feel like we spent so much time trying to be like, educate people to be like, look, like it's like, don't be looking for the next best tech solution, looking for that silver bullet, looking for, you know, oh, that new shiny object, I need to move over to it. But instead focusing more on just like, engaging create engaging content i think like would be like the first start yeah yeah it's for for me a lot of the things would be all of the things that i said and did only louder and 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 earlier (laughs) you know you know yes i think the, the the biggest disappointment i think in in the industry for me and the thing that i i kind of regret the most is how many production companies uh, you know, kind of just shut their doors. And, at, you know, at a time when planners needed tech mm-hmm. people the most, mm-hmm. so many techie people, uh, you know, got furloughed or, you know, were laid off or mm-hmm. were, you know, the companies closed their doors, um, you know, more rallying the troops of saying, okay, let's, let's all get together and help the planners who are now, who've now been handed this incredible situation where you know we're having to do everything from home we're locked down we're all over the world we're doing these online events many people for the first time ever um you know many people who for the first time they've ever logged into zoom in their lives remember that think about that folks yeah do you guys remember how <laughs> it was pre-2020 i mean there was a few of us that like knew what zoom was and had accounts I, you know i had an account 
prior to, to 2020, but not by much. <laughs> and, you know, because you and I had tried a bunch of different platforms of, you know, how to do video calls, how to record things. Some were dedicated to podcasts, some were more video chat applications. So thinking back to that situation, like that's really, I think one of the biggest unfortunates is how the planners were just left holding the bag. So mm. what could we do more to, to, to champion and, you know, get the techie people, get the production people to rally and help be those technology partners that, that they really needed us to be. Ooh, interesting. So it's like, like being there and support like a supportive network of people willing to do things like and i you know I, i'll add in too that i think the one thing i would have changed with that too is like related to that sportiness is like things blew up and got so busy like so all of a sudden too that like a lot of people who i think that like may have just needed a little bit extra hand you know probably now are like i'm getting out of the industry because i don't want to keep up with this that just maybe needed a day's tutorial on how zoom works and some tips and tricks you know like had to be kind of left behind because now all of a sudden all these big gigantic customers and all this revenue was coming in that everyone had to focus on right right yeah so 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 that's that's one of the things that i think about is what more could we have done to energize the technology community to mm -hmm. really help planners so that they didn't feel like they had to be the ones putting together the spreadsheet of 200 different online platforms and all the features and because that's what they were doing and um and then i think earlier in the process emphasizing what can we do as far as quality like really mm -hmm. make you know you know some of us who had had some experience in in online and hybrid events again just being louder yeah. <laughs> about you know being louder being more adamant being more you know more out there with hey here's what you can do for good lighting here here's what you can do for good audio you know all of the things that yeah. you know we've done we've talked about in the past but doing it sooner and doing it louder Mm, interesting. Yeah, because I think we you know we end up doing like our breakdown where we did lighting, audio, video, and like all that stuff for like virtual speakers. We end up doing that like late. Like I don't remember it being necessarily early into the pandemic that we did it. Like I, I, we had already pretty much mastered our own setups too in a lot of ways. And unfortunately, a lot of that was the fact that we didn't know how long it was going to last. And so yeah. a lot of people had the idea that it would be done by May. Of 2020, mm. that it would be done. You remember the the, yeah, the, the yeah, memes yeah. of yeah. of, of uh, only a couple more Timberlake. months. You know? It'll be yes. May, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you know, and then oh well, it'll be September maybe. It'll be de December, you know, maybe. Yeah. And so, you know, if we could go back and maintain all of the knowledge that we had, you know, it, mm. we would definitely be going on things earlier because we would know. Look, this is going to be a two to three year thing down the line, and not just a a couple of months thing. Because I think that really held us back. Yeah, I think it created a lot of uncertainty to the fact that a lot of people waited. So like we didn't get a lot of time to sometimes put together big, massive events. And because of that, a lot of people rushed, right? Like plan like planners want more time and everybody needs more time to plan these events to do them more intentionally. But you know, if you are sitting here saying, you know, our events in October and you know, we'll just wait and then it becomes July and you're like maybe one more month and like the summer will come, you know, and then like all of a sudden it's, you know, August and you're like, I need to sign a contract. I got to get this all put together. You know, that doesn't help anybody at all either too. So like, I think having that certainty, like that, the, like you said, that deadline would have helped a lot too, for people to make more certain decisions. And I think it would also help too the transition to hybrid because like one of the things was too, is like, 
some people who I think like wanted to go hybrid were like, oh yeah, like like let's do like I don't know. I th I think it just created a lot of uncertainty whether people really should go after hybrid too because people are like, well, how you know how long will it last for some of my attendees versus other attendees too. Yeah, the uncertainty really held us back in a lot of different areas, for sure. Like, you know, the types of events we were putting on, the type of technology we used, all of those things were being held back by uncertainty. And so even having some idea of how long this thing was going to last, I think would have gone a long way. So I've got another one. If, yeah, if, if you got it. So, and this is me personally. So this is, mm. this is me personally. What would I specifically do different mm, brand uh, if I were to go back in time? So I very early on uh, went down the road of hardware for all of this stuff. So I've got my little ATEM mini switcher. I've got my mm -hmm. black magic, you know, camera. I've got everything, you know, got my, my Wacom tablet, all that kind of stuff. I wish that I would have spent more time learning about the software options that are out there. Mm. So, you know, the OBS, uh, you know, uh, vMix, mm. um, some of the other streaming softwares that allow you to, you know, change cameras and cut video mm -hmm. and playback video, those types of platforms, learning more about um, uh, NDI and, you know, doing video, you mm -hmm. know, how we're, how we're moving video around using ethernet and software and nice. stuff like that. Yeah. So that's what I, because I locked mm. into hardware so early on uh, in the pandemic and and that's just what I've, and, and I tend to be more of a hardware guy as opposed to software. Sure. Um, I wish I had learned more about how the rest of that stuff works. Uh, mm. just, just, just to have a broader, you know, broader uh, skill set uh, mm. when it comes to these things. Interesting. Um, man. I don't know if I necessarily have, I'm trying to think if, if I have anything personally that I wish I had learned to do more of um, on it. Like, I, I feel like it was just like, I learned so much and had such a crazy storm of stuff happen that yeah, I'm like, I don't know if like I could I have learned anything else right. I had all the time in the world to learn all this <laughs> yeah, stuff exactly, too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, but if we're, yeah, if we're, if we're going back in time and changing things, I, you know, I might as well try and shoot for the stars. You know, I think one of the things I think I wish that I had done is that like, how can we turn these virtual events, like the stuff that we're talking about now with community, like I wish I had been thinking about that in 2020 and had a two year head start to like, oh, hey, how do we keep people all on the same platform? How do we keep people using the same technology and like, and just building that up versus like, I think because there was so much new optionality and there were so many different potential futures of what could be that no one wanted to lock in and commit to a single platform or something like that and build upon it. Um, and I think no one was also thinking at the same time too, because it was just so much easier to do a webinar in zoom or, you know, in whatever your default webinar platform is, is just to keep doing your webinars in a separate platform than your events. Like, I think that like, Every single time I thought about doing a webinar inside of a platform, I was just like, so much work. Even now, like building the community to get our live stream set up for this, like I dread going into the dashboard, going into sessions, grabbing the RTMP code, going into StreamYard, putting that in, making sure, updating the title, like us talking about the subject ahead of time. Like so much work goes into this stuff that, like, you know, oh, whereas a Zoom webinar, if I can get the topic and the thing, I can get it on, I can connect it to HubSpot, and I'm done in like less than an hour's worth of work. Um, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of times that, that laziness led to us not having a consistent technology experience. And kind of along those lines, um, another thing that I would shout louder and earlier 
mm-hmm. is is because um, we were definitely shouting it, but I think again we could we could have done a better job of doing it louder and earlier. Is stop worrying so much about the platform, like you said. Mm-hmm. You could you can put something together very easily in you know in a couple of hours and make it and make it go. But we got so hung up on finding the perfect platform. Um, where, uh, what's the phrase, you know, the perfect is the enemy of the, the good enough or something, yeah, yeah, something, yeah, to that something effect. like that. And so um, uh, I think there was a fair amount of that going on as well, of people really wanting to find the perfect online platform with all the features and mm-hmm. all the engagement and all the, you know, all the check off all the boxes, rather than kind of just picking one and then making the absolute best that they could out of that mm-hmm. and designing the heck out of the, the event rather than you know investing that time that they were spending creating spreadsheets of features some comparisons and things like that spending that time on event planning yeah. as opposed to as opposed to uh you know researching and technology uh acquisition um yep. that i think we could have done a better job as an industry in doing that and so spending less time about which platform to use and more time about how to use the platform the best yeah, I think it's like a lot of it has to deal with like confidence in some level too, right? Like because it's so new, you aren't sure if you are getting the right thing. And then when someone says, hey, are you considering this? Or you see some big event using this, you start to get less confident. Like, am I using the right thing? When in reality, like as you know, probably prior to 2020, we make compromises all the time. We knew that the venue wasn't the best. We knew that maybe our AV provider wasn't the best to work with, but it just worked, okay? And everyone was happy. We still had high NPS scores in the end. But, you know, I think in a lot of ways, like everybody was trying to like over optimize i think in a lot of ways when it came to everything yeah and, and it's like i said we it's not that we weren't saying these things but we probably could have said it louder and said it earlier yeah for um, sure. as opposed to uh well we were all caught up in it we're all caught up in the you know <laughs> what's it? yeah. wait what there's another one wait what there's another one wait what there's another one okay <laughs> i definitely yeah, I, know i have i got another um thing that i would totally change is that I wish that I had put more pressure on event technology companies to say, I don't want more features. I want you to better support planners. Amen. Um, like, you know, we were, there's probably so much hiring and development and, you know, there's so much being put in development. But now we know, like you say all the time, like is most of these platforms, 99% of things are the same. There's like one feature that makes them different. And I think that let like so many people were pushing like, we got to get market share. We got to do this. We got to get our funding and all those things like that. That then like what happened is like no one was like, okay, this is good enough for us to make money. It can do at 90% of what a planner needs us to do. Let's just settle on this and then put more money into support and everything like that. And, you know, win customers over by just having such a smooth experience and making the events run so well that literally what they say to them, like, look, we're slow to add features, but, you know, when those features come out, they'll be rock solid and we'll be able to take care of you. Like almost like the, the HubSpot versus being the latest kind of like bleeding edge of, uh, of software. If HubSpot comes out very slowly, methodologically, um, you met, met, yeah, I'm totally like Friday yeah. brain right now. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the, and the, 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 there were a few companies that kind of did that, you know, they didn't, feel the need to to immediately immediately do the p word uh you know they they took their time they built their product and then when they released it it was a good quality product but yeah it's hard to remember anybody like early on being like we've got the best support out of like like there was nobody like touting how amazing their support was they almost were trying to hide it (laughs) right there was definitely nobody saying oh my god these guys have the best support like on the other side no planner was saying that ever uh out of out of almost everyone now 
six months in, we started, I started hearing that more often with mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, these guys have been great. They've been wonderful to work with, really good support. But yeah, imagine if, so there's another one of our imagine ifs is we were just talking about how so many production companies and hotels and other places let a bunch of technical people go. People well-versed in production, in lighting, in cameras, in audio quality, in all of these things. What if they had been hired by these technology companies uh, as support staff, you know, people mm-hmm. who could really talk through helping planners, again, put on better events. So maybe, so even if they didn't wind up staying with the production companies, you know, there's another opportunity where those same people, that same, you know, kind of uh, group of technical people could have potentially helped had they been hired by the online platforms to act as technical support on day of and in the weeks leading up to the event. Mm, I like that. I, I don't know if this is necessarily a technological solution to something I wish that we had done, but I think I probably will have no other piece of content where I can talk about this is like I wish that we had been focused more on doing smaller groups of people and being Mm. less concerned about the like, you know, um, you know, 50,000. Yeah, 50,000 people coming into our live stream, the biggest virtual event of all time or, you know, oh, we have to get all of our attendees from our 2000 person conference come in. I wish that it had been a focus of like, hey, let's get 20 people together on here, too, and maybe find a way to use technology to connect smaller groups of people then back to that larger group um, on it, because it just like it feels like there was so much headache about trying to like cover everybody, make sure everybody could attend, that everybody was happy. And I think that it would also helped planners also have use cases and small cases to test hybrid better because what happened is you go to a thousand people you do your thousand person live stream and then you try to bring that in person and do a hybrid that's really expensive but if you start with like what we did with uh you know like control delete in a lot of ways like let's do 20 people and you're talking about organizing 20 people and doing technology to bring groups of 20 people together that's a lot cheaper and you have a lot more uh, flexibility and also too like if the technology isn't quite working out right like it's not going to break everything completely and I, I wish that that had happened um, on it too because I think it would also would have potentially also ushered in less of a rush to come back 100% to in person too that people would have been like okay, I'm cool with slowly bringing this back. But a lot of these big events that demanded having, you know, $700 registrations times a thousand people to get that revenue in and bring in a hundred exhibitors, like they were like, I'm not making the same stuff virtually. This isn't working. I need to get back to in-person right away. I think that that wouldn't have happened as well. Well, once again, that some of that was situational, right? Not knowing how long things were going to be, you know, we just kept thinking, you know, I, I just have to get through this one. Right. You know, so I already had my big annual conference on the books. Uh, I guess we're going to have to do it digital now. Okay, great. We're going to do it digital now. And so they, you know, but, but then hopefully next year we'll be back to normal. Okay. Yeah. And then that went into two years. And for some people, it went into the third year Mm -hmm. of, you know, because they were right away, you know, at the beginning of it. And so now all of a sudden we're pushing into the third year of having to do it online. But yeah, knowing what we know now, could there have been more experimentation with smaller events in between? So yeah, take care of that emergency one that we got to do because we're in lockdown and we had it on the books already. But then yeah, could we have started spooling out smaller events? And that um, coincides, coincides, but that, that, that jives with some of the stuff that you and I have been saying here as well. So kind of falling back into the category of louder earlier, um, you know, having 
you know, uh, you know, choosing that uh, main platform that you're going to use for your big event, and then maybe using your smaller events as kind of your farm team, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, event, so that you could try out new platforms and different things with smaller groups. So there's not quite as much on the line. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we endorsed that strategy again, kind of later on, uh, as people were continuing to obsess about, you know, which platform should we use? Um, and, and some people were even signing multi-year contracts uh, with mm -hmm. their event platforms. So then, you know, being able to do that if you felt the need to do that, but then also, um, uh, you know, using your smaller events and doing more smaller events to be able to try new things out. Mm. A lot of these fall into that category of <laughs> louder yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm so thinking... basically, Will, you and I should have been louder earlier. Yeah, we that's, should have been louder earlier. <laughs> hey guys, why didn't more of you guys listen to yeah. us in the beginning? Yeah. yeah. I'm just, yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like majorly keys in. Like, I think a lot of stuff. I, now I'm thinking about. I'm like, man, this is like. There's probably a lot of non-event technology stuff that that can come from learning of this. But I I think one last thing that I wish that I wish like prior to the pan. There's a lot. I, I think maybe a skew to some quick things prior to the pandemic. I wish more people had better internet before the pandemic started because yeah. a lot of these challenges with presenters and internet connectivity would have been solved. Right, like. I wish that like that was a value to people. I wish that more people had experienced remote work and remote communication because I think that added a lot of stress because while all this was happening, a lot of companies were transitioning into remote. Um, I I now have regrets too that I was like, man, I wish as a company I was thinking about what was going to come after remote because I was like, oh, yeah, 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 everyone's remote now. And I'm like, damn, my competitive advantage for hiring people is totally gone. Um, and, and I wish that, uh, you know, I think that, I think that again, yeah, exposure to more technologies early on would have reduced a lot of stress. Like I think a lot of, you know, ironically, as much as this was helping, I think that we also got really stuck with a lot of stress because like as much as uh, event tech podcast, we were trying to help people and things like that. There was almost nothing we could do with how much stress was coming in from all this technology stuff in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, here's, here's the thought experiment that I don't want to do. Right. So, you know, you were talking about people having better Internet access and things like that. Here's the thought experiment that, that frightens me is, is when I start to think about what would have happened if this would have happened 10 years ago. You know, like how how would we have handled this 10 years ago? And the answer is I don't even want to know. Right. I, I don't. It's, you know, the, the idea of yeah. going back and trying to do what we did over the course of these last two years, last three years, 10 years ago blows my mind like you know we, <laughs> yeah. we it it could it couldn't obviously if it never happened that would have been the best thing but as yeah. far as hitting at at about the right time when we were capable of handling it mm -hmm. uh about as well as we could have um you know yes if it would have happened five years from now would we be better yeah but not by much i mean you and mm -hmm. i have talked about many times that this kicked the pants of the event technology side for up about 10 years over the course of about two years. Yep. So we really moved the ball forward when it comes to uh, event technology and hybrid events and online events way further than we would have had we just kept plodding along. Yeah, I think uh, we would have... Uh... It would have it would have caused us to yeah come in here, but I'm trying to think of, like imagine if Zoom or any video conferencing software. I'm trying to think like prior to when I was uh, you know virtual, 
like video conferencing, I think Google Meet was barely starting to come out. Like it was still very, very common that people wanted to talk on the phone. And I, I'm just trying to imagine a world where people were completely unaware of this if we only had phones to talk to each other. Like, would you have it was so phone bad. events? <laughs> I mean, it was so bad. I mean, you know, I was lucky enough to be a part of some of those early hybrid events. Oh um, and, and we did pretty darn good with what the technology was basically using Skype on the back end. You know, a lot of the fundamental ideas are still around, which is why, you know, it's, you know, a lot of those best practices that we established a decade ago still work. But um, for the mass communications, though, the, the people working from home, all of that kind of stuff, there's no way the, the infrastructure of 10 years ago would have been able to handle that. It would have been the biggest fail whale of all time. And uh, yeah, you think about what we were using you know, when you first started event icons and, and stuff like that, the, the the little video chat apps that oh my we gosh. were using <laughs> were so bad and so cheesy. And maybe, yeah, maybe we're using Hangouts uh, and being able to put like dog noses on our faces. You know, I've got uh, some of that stuff was adware, you know, so I've got yeah, a screenshot yeah. of, of our good friend Adrian Seeger um, uh, with like an ad underneath his photo of oh, wow. like, you know, like basically fool around with celebrities, <laughs> like like one of those types of ads, oh, wow. like under underneath underneath his his uh, his video chat because we were using the free version. It had advertising oh, stuck in the videos. That's how bad it was. Oh, so yeah, I think we're we're we. You never want to say you're lucky about something like that, but boy, are we lucky that it happened now as opposed to 10 years ago mm -hmm. on so many levels because it would have taken even longer to put together. Uh, vaccines and things like that, it would have been e e so much worse uh, a decade ago than it is now. All right. Anything else we want to do with this thought experiment or should we put it to bed? No, I think I was just going to say the, to tie in exactly what you said, like as much as we would change things in a lot of ways, I think that part of it too is that we also coming to accept that we couldn't have changed anything and that it would have been okay. And it was actually like like you said, as terrible as all was, like it helped lead forward so much in what we're trying to do. So I think, uh, you know, as much as we'd love to change things and change the past, I, I've also come to read so many Flash comics that I know don't change the past <laughs> because it doesn't and, ever make things better. <laughs> and I'll say this too. I'll say this too. We also have a lot to be proud of as an mm -hmm. industry. We really, really do. There's so much that you know. It it was it was so bad, but we really did do the best I think that we possibly could with the knowledge that we had. And I don't know that we could have done much better other than louder earlier <laughs> on a lot of this stuff uh, than with, with, with even full knowledge of what was going to take place. I don't know how much better we could have done. So I think, think that's something worth mentioning too, is that we really do have something to be proud of as an industry, that we were able to hang together and make so much of it happen. Uh, not as well as we would have liked maybe, but mm -hmm. pretty darn good. Well, thank th thank you everyone for uh, for listening on in. I think this was a great episode. Uh, I wanted to give a chance for anyone to email us because we are getting so many of your comments in, and so it's creating some potential guest opportunities, some new reviews on software coming in. So feel yeah. free to email us. We know you're listening out there. Shoot us an email. We Event read Tech every single email that comes in. Every single Sorry, one. I jumped on it. I jumped <laughs> no, on your on your on your touchdown. No, it was, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, you know, event tech podcast at helloendless.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know like what would you have changed over the last two years um when it comes to things and when it comes to event technology. Shoot us an email, let us know. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. But Brant, thanks so much for an awesome episode. 
My absolute pleasure. I enjoy these kind of thought experiment episodes. And if you've, that's another thing. If you've got a thought experiment episode for us, mm. be sure and reach out as well and say, what if we did this? We can play great big fun games of what if. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks everybody for tuning on in to the Event Tech Podcast. I think it's time for us to go out. Event Tech out. Oh. Event Tech back in time. 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 Rewind the record. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.